0: Welcome to Atomic Moms, a modern parenting podcast about the joys and complexities of caring for our children and ourselves. I'm Ellie Noss, and each week we celebrate and commiserate with best selling authors, parenting experts, and moms around the world. All right. I can't say all right without going all right, all right, all right. Oh, Matthew McConaughey. Okay. So usually on the podcast, I interview experts or I have mom-friend discussions. But today, we're doing something a little different. I'm putting myself in the hot seat, which feels super risky considering I've gotten about four hours of sleep. We just returned from Hawaii. I know. I know. Poor me. Poor me. Uh, we went with our six-month-old and our four-year-old for my husband's 40th birthday. Uh, my preschooler is obsessed with Moana which is why we went to Maui. Uh, And it was as amazing as you think it would be. It was so incredible. It was spectacular. And uh, as perfect as it all looked on Instagram, we had a really ugly parenting moment in real life where my sweet little Eliza, my cuddly, giggly, super trusting Eliza, she got hurt. And I need to just say up front, she's totally fine. And then I should admit what happened, which makes my skin crawl. She fell out of her stroller. And it scared the bejesus out of us. And it was a horrible parenting mistake, one that I will never make again. And again, she's fine. Thank God for second chances. And there's been such a sweet outpouring of support from you all sharing your scary baby mishap story. So thank you. Thank you for letting me know that I'm not alone in this awful mom guilt feeling And that mistakes happen. And thank God she's totally fine. Obviously, I'm still horribly guilt-ridden. And Adam wants me to say about 10 more times that she's totally fine (laughs) on the podcast. But I will also say, Eliza, if you're listening to this, you know, in 20 years, mommy will give you whatever you want. I feel terrible. Uh, So I kind of skirt around it even though it keeps coming up in my answering these listener questions. But just know when it comes up in the episode, that's what I'm referring to. It's not a family vacation unless someone goes to urgent care, right? At least in our family. When Sabrina was two, Christmas morning, it's a snowy Christmas morning. We're like, Sabrina, Santa came. And then she just starts crying and she doesn't want to look at her presence. So we went to the emergency room and She, you know, got to experience a couple catheters because she had a UTI, but she did get to meet Santa. So it's not a family vacation unless you go to urgent care. All right. So I asked in our private little Facebook group, I asked Atomic Mamas if you had any family vacation questions for me. And you guys had so many questions. You really put me in the hot seat. So I'm going to attempt to answer some of them here. I'm going to save a few of them for a future episode. Thank you all for your questions. Also, I want to hear from you, listeners. Like, what are your answers? So, join our secret group. If you go to our main Facebook page, you can hit like, and then you can find our private group. You press the button, yada yada yada. That way, your in-laws and your boss, like, they won't see you writing on that particular page. Um, it's called the Atomic Mamas podcast. It's called the Atomic Moms Podcast. Mamas, that's a mouthful. Uh, or you can comment away on Instagram, but I want your answers, okay? Because I could definitely use your advice. Like, don't let your baby fall out of the stroller, you moron. Okay, see. Self love, it's gonna be tough this week. <sighs> I just gotta let it go. Okay, she's fine. All right, I'm going to answer a bunch of questions regarding travel and how to enjoy each other's company, like how to avoid the whole, I'm going to turn this car around rah, moments as much as possible. Because goodness knows, I know <laughs> I've got a lot of those ah, <laughs> parenting moments. It could get interesting, you guys. I'll be right back with our listener Q&A. Sleep is such a huge topic for moms. And our sleep learning episodes are some of our most popular podcasts. So it's no surprise it came up here. Jessica writes, do you get any rest on vacation with two littles? We went for an overnight about two hours away with my four-year-old and didn't sleep a wink. And then Janelle asks, how do you get children to sleep on vacation? I have a two-year-old and a seven-month-old that are crib-dependent. We took a small trip this summer and we were in the same room and my two-year-old kept waking up and talking to us. And she writes, "Ha ha 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 ha," but I know that that should be read, "Ha ha ha ha, 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 ha <laughs> That's how a mom sh- sounds when she's writing, "Ha ha It's ha ha." It's <laughs> <damn> <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! This is what happens when I'm alone in a room. Okay, so sleep. I'm going to answer this. Do we get any rest? Yes. Thanks to my little baby, I would rest when she would rest, which is like so annoying. That's like the worst answer ever, right? Like people are always like, rest when your baby rests. But when you're on the beach, it's really fantastic. I have sort of a hyperactive husband. He does not like to lounge around. But when you're napping with a baby on you, it's the perfect excuse to stay still and relax and listen to a podcast. So yes, there was a lot of rest. Was there any sleep? No. Janelle and Jessica, there was no sleep. (laughs) Not if your kids are there, Uh, especially if you co-sleep with a toddler. Our first hotel was great because there was a little pull-out bed and we were able to put it up against our bed. So it just felt like we had this gigantic bed, which worked really, really well. Uh, this our second stop, there was no rest though. I'm thinking they should make – maybe they do like swaddles for toddlers because then you can just keep their little limbs down. There's so many limbs. There's flailing everywhere. There's like 12 limbs. She's like a, a Greek mythological figure. Um, who am I thinking of? Like Medusa? <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. And then my baby. She just held my boobs hostage every night. She knew that I wouldn't let her cry at all because I was afraid of getting kicked out of the hotel. And um, so, yeah, I ended up nursing all night long. That was my vacation diet. I would just nurse and nurse and nurse and nurse. And now I am so depleted and there's nothing left in me. And I should probably get one of those weird LA uh, vitamin IVs. Do those work? Anyway, (sighs) my advice is don't adjust their clock You know, if there's a time change, don't adjust their clock if it's less than a week. If you're on the West Coast like we are and you're going to the East Coast, it's really fantastic because your kids will stay up to like 10 o'clock at night, which means you get to see more things. And then they'll sleep until like 10 o'clock in the morning, um, which is such a great excuse to sleep in. Now, if you are going someplace like we did, like Hawaii, uh, you're going to be up at 4 a.m. I would put out their clothes for the next morning, the night before, so that we could go for a walk. But I didn't end up actually ever like leaving the hotel room in the morning because it was still dark outside. (laughs) And luckily, Sabrina would sleep in. So what I would do is at 4 a.m., I would psych myself up and I'd be like, Ellie, you're in Hawaii. No complaints. I would put on a YouTube video on silent with like baby stretching, baby yoga stuff and – I would watch the sunrise. I'm not saying I wasn't a little bitter about watching the sunrise, <laughs> but we would watch the sunrise. And my little Eliza, she's in, she's at that stage now where she's just found her feet. So she loves doing like the happy baby pose. She's just like always holding her feet, and it's so cute. And um, she really loves when I sort of like stretch on top of her, and. And that was nice, and then I'd be more in my body. I'd feel more awake and I, and it would help me shake off the mama bitterness uh so how's that for an answer? Also, bring the white noise machine. Did I already say that? Bring your white noise machine if your kids are sleeping with one, bring it. I find hotels to be way too quiet or loud in annoying ways, um like the elevator or you know hearing people have fun down the hall. There goes the bitterness again. So big fan of bringing the white noise machine. I don't care how heavy it is, lug it with you. People use their apps. I'm just not a fan of that. I like the actual machine. So next question. What's the hardest thing about being on vacation with your family? Okay, Anna. So the hardest thing, I can say this now, is the travel hangover. My baby Eliza is so mad this morning. Uh, We got in... Uh, very late last night, that was a mistake, although there's only like a 2 p.m. flight out, so we had to. Luckily, our preschooler did really great. She took a bath, she had a big meltdown, and then she went to sleep. The baby, on the other hand, was like, where am I? What is this place? I, We were gone for seven or eight days. I, I think she knew her room, but it would have been nice if we could have played in her room earlier so she would have been more familiar with it again. And she was really PO'd about being back in her own room, back in her own crib because the second hotel we stayed at, I ended up doing a lot of co-sleeping because she was just angry. Like she would not sleep in the pack and play. She did a really great job of falling asleep. But then after a few hours, she was up and up and up and up. And Adam and I would take turns co-sleeping with her because we had two beds in the room. And when I co-slept with her, she would just nurse the entire time. If anyone has advice about how you could possibly co-sleep with a baby that nurses without having them nurse on you all night, please let me know. Uh, My girlfriend Claire suggested a turtleneck. (laughs) She had heard about that once. But Eliza will just flip out. There's no rationalizing with a baby. She's acting like a big baby. So if I were to do it again, I would try to schedule in a recovery day. Just a day where you can do all the laundry and, you know, get it, get, get things back together, get your life back before like lunging into the week. The second hardest part about vacation with your family. And again, I get this is ridiculous. Like, oh, wait, what's but you know what? This wasn't my question, right? This is, uh, this is, uh, Anna's question. So go complain to her. Uh, the second hardest part, I would say, is trying to fit in work. Adam did a really great job of getting a lot of his work out of the way before we left. He had some conference calls. But I had a great time with the girls by the pool, so that was not an issue for me and for any moms out there who are sort of freelancing while their kids are napping. Because right now I have part-time childcare on Mondays until like one o'clock and then all day Friday so that I can do the podcast. Uh, so when when you miss out on that time and when you are trying to get stuff done just during naps um, or after they go to bed, which, by the way, gets so much harder with two, uh, it gets tricky because the show must go on, right? Maybe one of these days I'll become one of those moms that can wake up at 5 a.m. and just knock it all out. I would love that. Uh, I'm not there right now and and I'm someone who needs to work when it's like quiet and I can kind of catch a flow and unfortunately motherhood, the biggest challenge overall seems to be just like the interruptions, right? It's just like interruption after interruption after interruption and you start working and then the baby wakes up or you start working and then your husband has a question and then he's wondering like why you're so mad at him because he just had like a simple question and you're like, because I was in the flow, I have to learn to trust that the work will get done because it has to be put on the back burner so often. And I am one of those people who likes to deal with her anxiety by either like jumping in and checking things off my list or, you know, exercising it out. And as a mother, like I can't really do either of those things. Instead, I am like sitting in it, you know, and you're wiping butts and you're spooning baby food and you're just sitting in that, anxiety and you can't really itch it. And so I have to learn to trust that the time will present itself and it will get done and to try not to drag that into all the little moments throughout the day. I think that is the biggest challenge overall and especially on vacation because everything can suck you back in, right? Or you're like, oh, I've got to do this one thing, but there's no time because there's no childcare and because I'm supposed to be enjoying myself. The third challenge is carving out alone time and not alone time to like catch up on stuff, but alone time to enjoy the vacation. The best thing about my four and a half year old is that she loves going to classes. I think it's probably pretty rare, but she loves, loves like kid's club (laughs) at the gym. She loved going to ski class uh, over Christmas She loved um, going to – there was like a kids' club thing at our first hotel. And you're supposed to be five, but we brought her down there and they accepted her at four and a half, which felt like a huge win. So she did an afternoon there and then she also did a morning there because she had so much fun because there were no other kids there because we went – like everyone else is in school, right? (laughs) Except for us because we're (laughs) winning as parents (laughs) and – she just loves a good teacher. She loves a one-on-one time with a good old teacher. So, she went to a kids club thing and then Adam went snorkeling while I was with Eliza and he had a good time although he is he's like really scared of the ocean. He's terrified of sharks. He says it's because of jaws, but he went snorkeling cuz that's what you should do when you're in Hawaii, right? Like when in Hawaii. Anyway, I said, "Okay, it's my turn." And um he watched Eliza, and I went down to snorkel, and I didn't realize that Sabrina was going to be down on the beach. I saw a little girl in a Moana dress, and I was like, oh, Sabrina has that dress, and then this instructor waved at me, and I was like, oh, God, it's Sabrina, and I had the big snorkel goggles, and I had the flippers, and so I put the flippers on, and I put the goggles on um, the goggles on to try to you know be incognito because I knew she wouldn't recognize me with a big mask on my face. <laughs> Uh, to the instructor, I, like, put my finger to my lips, like, to, like don't tell her that I'm here. This is my moment. This is my moment to snorkel. This is my moment to have my alone time. And I started running towards the water. It turns out you can't run in flippers. And I also didn't know that, like, you can't even walk in flippers. People walk backwards. I did not know this. I have not snorkeled since I was eight years old. I was running slash I was lumbering towards the ocean and I could not, I was laughing so hard. It was so insane. I was running away from my child, like stumbling towards the water so that she couldn't spot me. And we had had a, a really big mishap the day before with Eliza on the same beach. And, I, and and at that moment, I was like, I'm never going to let my daughters out of sight. Like, I'm never going to let anything bad happen. Like, I'm going to be with them always and forever. Like, I'm, I'm going to be attached to them. And then, of course, by the next day, I was like, I need alone time. And I'm like running away from my daughter wearing my snorkeling gear. So the fish were beautiful. It was so serene under the water. And, oh, man, you know, those fish have no idea what's up right now with North Korea. They're just minding their own business. And it's so crazy to lift your head up and to see all the action on the beach and the crashing waves And then you stick your head back in the water and you just see the peacefulness. And I know that as parents, we're supposed to be that calm under the water. And the kids are the chaos on the shore at times. And uh, I'm not there always, right? (laughs) Sometimes uh, with a cocktail. I'm not advising that you drink while parenting, but... Maybe this week I'll try to be more of that, like, calm, peacefulness under the water. Okay. This leads me to our next listener question. Do you really get to relax? If so, how? Okay, Sarah. So we were really lucky that we were in, like, a gorgeous place. But no matter where you are, I am a firm believer that you can elevate your experience. So – this is where I get really cheesy and you can totally roll your eyes. Um, I'll put on the robe and I'll play classical music on Spotify. It's like these little choices that make a significant impact. So if I'm taking Eliza back to the room to change her diaper and to nurse, like instead of turning on television, although I do love doing that too, but it was like the government shutdown and all this crap was going on, I decided instead to listen to beautiful music. Um and that was really like a nice change of pace, right? Like a small thing, big impact. I also let my kid watch her show like on the iPad with her headphones on. So I didn't have to listen to it on the television. That was great. Headphones are amazing. Headphones are a mom's best friend. Also, I bought, <laughs> so cheesy, I bought wine in a can. They've got these cans of wine that are like pink, sparkling wine, and these little tiny cans. And they fit in so great in the mini fridge at the hotels, right? You can just like smash them in there. Just like get them in, stuff them in. Um, And that felt so nice in the evening. Like I'm going to just crack open my little (laughs) can and it was pink so it felt flirty and fun and I knew I wasn't getting charged $20 for a glass of wine (laughs) and um, these are the little ways that I got to relax. Another thing, when I'm on vacation and I look in the mirror and it doesn't look like I'm on vacation, it's a like huge bummer. And that happens as a parent, right? Because especially if you're with a little baby and you can't be in the sun, I brought myself List tanner to Hawaii and I'd slap it on at night and I'd wake up in the morning and look like, oh, wow, I must have been laying out on the beach all day, even if I wasn't. These little mind tricks I would play with myself. <laughs> also, you know what's relaxing? Going to bed when the kids go to bed. Laying in bed starting at 8 o'clock at night is super, super relaxing. And it felt relaxing to just go with our little family again, like to be on our own timing. That felt really nice to not have to go be like, okay, what's the next meal? And everyone's going to get together and everyone's going to dress up. Like family time, big family time is great. But we've had very little time as our own small unit. And it was really nice to get to call the shots. Okay, and now we have a question from Katie. How do you stay connected to your first child after baby number two? I feel so stretched thin, and the relationship with my firstborn seems to be taking a huge hit. Oh, Katie, I hear you. Uh, I think it's really interesting how when we are pregnant with number two, or at least I'll speak for myself. When I was pregnant with number two, I was like— I love Sabrina so much. How could I possibly love another baby as much as I love Sabrina? Where am I going to find that space and energy for her because Sabrina is my life? And then baby number two comes along, and then you're kind of like, baby number one, stop being so annoying. <laughs> it's tiny bit, just a tiny bit like how you think you're Pet is your baby, like Chubbs was my baby until I got a baby, and then I was like, why is this animal in my house? Yeah. So I hear you. You know, you're not alone because another listener, Elena, she wrote me, How did you find time to really connect with Sabrina while balancing the mom duties with the baby? Obviously, co parenting with your spouse is crucial, but I know that with Eliza being so young, she must demand quite a bit of your time. In what ways did you carve out time with Sabrina so that she felt cherished? Okay, Elena and Katie feel like y'all should get together in real life. <laughs> it's a really tough question. How do you make time and cherish a relationship with number one when number two is taking up like every last drop of your energy? Okay. I find that traveling really exacerbates my annoyance with number one. Uh, Sabrina is a tough traveler. She's really great on the plane. She'll just tune out, zone out, become a total iPad zombie. But in the airport, she gets really hyperactive. I've been thinking about this. What are the ways that we connect and how do I carve out time with Sabrina You know, Adam and I will go back and forth, and that's where the co-parenting thing comes in, right? Like, we'll we'll take turns with them, but then I'm also trying to make these little moments more fun. So instead of bitching and bitching and bitching about how Sabrina needs to go to the potty before we get on the plane, because I'm terrified that she'll fall asleep on the plane and then pee, I will say, like, okay, we're going to have a skipping contest to the bathroom." And then she is so delighted by the skipping and also by seeing her mother act like a total idiot in front of other people that uh, it it becomes a fun bonding experience and I get what I want, which is her to sit on the toilet. Uh, What's another example? You know, the the day we were leaving, we were in the lobby and she was really pushing my buttons and she touched – she reached up to touch this huge glass sculpture That was for sale, and it probably would have cost as much of our trip. And I was like, Sabrina. And then I escorted her to to the elevator, and I was like, okay, I got to do something. I got to, like, what am I going to do? How do I get this kid on the same page? Because, you know, threatening the iPad and threatening to take away the treats and all that crap, like, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And she didn't want to look me in the eyes. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do a staring contest with her. I was like, okay, Sabrina. So we are going to look in each other's eyes and whoever breaks contact first loses. Uh, I probably should spin that the more positive way and be like, whoever keeps the eye contact the longest wins. (laughs) But it's just sort of like the way my mind works. Okay, so... I realized in doing our staring contest, that was my tricky way of getting her to connect with me again. And while we were staring at each other, I would try to look at her like with the most loving, caring eyes. And it worked. Like she totally listened for at least the next 10 minutes. (laughs) So that was a big win. But it is really hard. And I understand how this listener is struggling um it's hard they don't want to especially when they are there's so much pushback i am having an easier time now that sabrina's four and a half and she can just get in her little booster seat in the car i don't know how all of you moms out there are doing two car seats like i if if this were sabrina a year and a half ago I would be losing my marbles. So things are a little easier with this age gap. And I'm just trying to incorporate Sabrina into playing with the baby as much as possible. And I'm really lucky. I'm so lucky that Sabrina adores her sister. And she has the personality type uh, where she likes to be the leader and she likes to be the teacher. And so... Being the big sister is something that she just wears really well. But Sabrina and I will put Eliza in a little her little chair and then we'll have a dance party. And Sabrina and I will dance for Eliza. And good thing Eliza's six months and she's giggling a lot. And so we've got a fantastic, super captive audience. And then I would also say, like, don't underestimate the little ways that you could be getting to your child, like, in a good way. Where? Sometimes I'll say something to Sabrina or I'll rub her little feet and she'll pretend like she's not paying attention. But then later it always comes back up again. Or I'll notice a few minutes later she'll come in for a nuzzle. That happens a lot where it'll seem like she's not paying attention or that I'm not getting to her, that she's impermeable. But then it'll circle back later and I'll realize like, oh, that actually was having an effect on her. Um, Okay, so – Tanya asks, how do you balance responsibilities on vacation with a spouse? Ask for what you need, I'd say. Adam and I would take turns with Eliza at night. And by the end, I was so desperate for sleep. I was not afraid to just like cover my head with a pillow. Like just when the girls would wake up in the morning and everyone's moving around, I would just put a pillow over my head and be like, they can fend for themselves. Also, my big mantra on this vacation was, your turn, which I'm sure drove Adam totally insane, but it didn't matter. Guys, we gotta use your turn a little more often, right? Like just, your turn. I've been with this baby for four hours in the middle of the night. Your turn. Um, you went snorkeling and I watched the baby, so now it's your turn. I get to go snorkeling. Like, just, just do it. It, it. Sometimes there's a resistance. Let them give you the resistance. Like You don't have to make it up in your head that they're giving you resistance. Does that make any sense? Maybe not. Who cares? I'm too tired. But maybe let them address it with you if they don't like what's happening. I find that I spend so much energy imagining the discomfort of the other or that they are unhappy with what's going on. Like Let them be adults and tell you if they're unhappy with it. Okay, so the next question is how do you manage expectations? You know, you book the flight, you pay for the hotel, Oh, and there's a lot at stake. It feels like, you know, you, you take off time from work. You never know whether the trip's going to be magical or a total wine fest, she says. So, Adam has a trick. It's like that Coco Chanel thing, right? I didn't have the heart to tell him that this is actually Coco Chanel steel, where you take where you put on your accessories and then you take off one so his tr- idea is like with a trip, you just always eliminate one of the many activities that you're going to do. And you're just like, yeah. Like just cross it off so you don't have the pressure because you're not going to get to it anyway. And if you do, you'll be miserable. So my piece of advice – and this is so bad. Like you'd only ever hear this advice on Atomic Moms, but I'm a control freak and uh, – So this was the first time I ever let Adam plan the trip, start to finish. And the best thing that I did to sort of manage my expectations is I was totally oblivious to everything. Ignorance is bliss, I'm saying. Like, I bought Adam a guidebook for Christmas, and then I didn't look at it. Like, I didn't want to know what I was missing on the island. I didn't want to know about that, like— day-long trek you can go on where you spend the night and it's beautiful. Like, I didn't want to know about any of it. Mama FOMO, Mama Fear of Missing Out, is so dangerous. It is so toxic and it's so depressing. So in order for me to avoid Mama FOMO, I just sort of went with it. I let Adam plan it and I was like, you know what, we're at these hotels, this is great. Am I missing out on a lot of cultural experiences? Sure. Am I missing out on National Geographic photos? Absolutely. But I didn't have the fear of missing out because I didn't know what I was missing out on. <laughs> Again, I get that this is insane. This is not advice for everybody, just if you're like me, where I have to recognize that this is just a season in our lives. We're not going to the waterfalls right now or the jungle. We're not going to um, fancy museums and cosmopolitan cities. It's just not the time for that. Not with a six-month-old, not with a toddler, although Sabrina would love a good museum. I just need to avoid the whining, and I need to keep it simple. So two ways I avoided the whining— Speaking of wine fest, one is I always had another swimsuit on hand because Sabrina hated sand in her swimsuit. And I'm not going to talk a four-year-old into like accepting uh, the sensorial aggravation of sand. I'm just not. So, I, you know, she'd hose off or she'd go in the pool, just switch the swimsuit. Who cares? The other thing is her hair would get so knotted up, right? And Adam came up with this great character called the witch knot, The witch knot has an Australian accent, and the witch knot comes into her hair at night. And then he speaks to Sabrina with the witch knot's (laughs) accent while he's brushing her hair in the morning. And the witch knot's telling her, like, how great it was to be a knot in her hair all night. And then the witch knot's mother sometimes makes an appearance. Uh, Here is a little bit of that. The witch knot. Hello, Sabrina. I'm in your hair. A lot of knots in here. I brought my whole family. I brought my gran. Hello, Sabrina. (laughs) I love the knots in your hair when you don't really condition it. Hello, Sabrina. It's me, the witch knot. Can I I have a party in your hair again? (laughs) No. But you never brush it. And I like hair that's not been brushed. That's why I'm leaving. Can I come back later? Next question. How do you avoid getting the flu? Oh, man, this is a great one, Jess. Okay, so, oh, boy. I know that Jess was just in Maui, and she got the flu, and so did her husband, and so did her four-year-old. Huge bummer. My first piece of advice is get the flu two weeks before you go. That's what I did. Horrible New Year's, great trip. Second piece of advice after speaking with Jess on the playground, and that's why I think she wrote this on the Facebook page, I kind of panicked. And I was like, okay, this week I am going on a hugging hiatus. I didn't realize how much I touch other people, or how often I hug. To try to explain a hugging hiatus that I was afraid of getting sick before going on a trip, so I wasn't going to hug you, it turned people off. It's a little, it's a lot Larry David. Um, but I would say... Just keep your kids out of school because that's where they get sick. So before you go on vacation, expect not to have your kids in school for a week. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Although I did think about it, but then I remembered what it's like to be home with Sabrina and I (laughs) wet wipes, right? Wipe down the plane, have Purell on the ready. My pediatrician had great advice about how to keep my baby well with Sabrina in preschool. Her big thing is like when you get home from school, immediately change clothes. And wash their face after school and take off those shoes, right? But I had never thought about changing clothes. And Sabrina loves a great wardrobe change, so it's all good. But same with the plane, right? Like, might as well just hose down afterwards. But then with all of this, I still, still ended up at Urgent Care in Hawaii. Why? Because I made a rookie, rookie, rookie parenting mistake. I'll throw Adam in there. Adam and I made a rookie pairing mistake and what's funny is like a first time parent probably wouldn't do this because you get more relaxed with the second. You think it's all good and then in an instant um, things can change and my baby got really hurt and it was really scary and we went to urgent care. Luckily, her eyes were tracking fine. She didn't Get knocked out. There was no vomiting and there's no diarrhea, but uh, we were afraid she had a concussion. We went to urgent care. Um, and you realize then that you're on a tiny island in the middle of the ocean and that everything can change in an instant. So th- I had anxiety there. But then you get to urgent care and you realize everyone with the flu is at urgent care. So then I was like waiting outside with my girls. It was like anxiety on top of anxiety. So I'm waiting outside being like, we're not going to wait in this. Waiting room. Um, We're gonna be outside because it was like in a strip mall, (laughs) and uh, we I get called into the room, and I asked the nurse like, "Has was anyone really sick in this room?" And she said, "No, that they were in another room." Okay, sure, whatever. Then the doctor comes in, and the doctor's checking Eliza's ears. You know, she's checking it for blood. I mean, it was really scary. There was no blood, and she seemed fine the doctor's wearing a mask and I'm nervous about what just happened to my baby. So I'm trying to make small talk. And so I say, oh, do a lot of people have the flu? Is that why you're wearing the mask? Are a lot of people sick? And she goes, no, I'm wearing the mask because I'm sick. And I was like, ah, why are you touching my six-month-old? Like I don't, I'm in urgent care. I don't want to have to go to the hospital because my six-month-old is going to get the flu. Ah. Uh, We were out of there so fast. And then I spoke to my pediatrician on the phone, who is the most incredible pediatrician on the planet. And she must think I'm the biggest moron. And that was like another thing. I was like, oh, oh, my pediatrician doesn't think I'm great anymore because this happened. And I'm such a people pleaser. I really want my therapist to like me and my pediatricians to like me. (laughs) Uh, She reassured me. But she was also like, yeah, that was a dumb move. And Eliza was fine. We kept one eye on that monitor all night long. And this was when she was still sleeping because we had extra space at the other hotel room. And so it was all good. It was all good. But it was scary. That's my long answer on the flu. But also, I gave a lot of dirty looks to all the retirees on the island that were hacking everywhere. And then Sabrina, though, would sneeze. Like she sneezed all over everybody at the buffet. So what are you going to do, right? It's like I'm mad at everybody else. There's so much sneezing happening on the plane. I'm so grossed out by everyone else. And then my daughter is just like spreading it, spreading it across the ocean. Other people are really big on like probiotics because they say gut health is really important. So maybe check those out. I got to get back into that. Uh, I love how I try to like throw in real advice at the end. Another one, would you ever consider having a hotel babysitter for a night out? Uh, Jen says she could never bring herself to do it. So with Sabrina, absolutely. We had a wedding last New Year's in Austin, and we found a nanny through like, I don't know, some website. (laughs) And uh, uh, Sabrina talked about Karen, her old nanny, for like a year, and I had no idea who Karen was. Karen was the nanny in Austin that I told I just like was like, what are you talking about? But it was it was Karen. She she clearly made quite the impression. Sabrina had a great time. She loves it, especially if room service can be involved. Uh, she's basically Eloise at the plaza. Uh but not with the bitty yet. I don't feel comfortable. Sabrina Eliza's a little young for that still. But Sabrina absolutely. And Lauren asks, how has vacation changed with having a second child? I'd say it's way harder to keep an eye on too. That goes back to my urgent care story. The best part is I don't have any more mama FOMO, fear of missing out regarding my husband's interactions. Like I'm less controlling about him because I know he's probably with one of them. So I'm not sort of tracking his free time anymore, which is like a terrible thing to admit. But when it was just Sabrina and I'd be nursing forever or whatever, I'd be like, Why does he get to go to the gym or why is he on his phone right now and I'm nursing or whatever? Now that we're both in it, I'm much happier. Misery loves company. Airplane, airport survival. Jamie and Tanya asked about airplane survival. So I learned the hard way over Christmas that I need to pack all the diapers and all the wipes in the world just in case we have a six hour delay like we did going to Colorado. Eliza spent so much time at LAX only in a diaper after a blowout. And I'm realizing she's just a three outfit kind of gal wherever we go. Also, I just leave her naked most of the time with a little bib on. I did that leaving Hawaii too. And I think people think I'm a real wacko. But if she's going to puke on an outfit and it's warm enough, like who cares? Also, this time we splurged on a seat for Eliza and we brought her car seat. And... It's really hard to help a preschooler out while you've also got a baby stuck on your lap for six hours. So super happy that we got the car seat. Also, Adam really, you know, LAX, you're not going to get anything. Everyone's so, like, pissed off and tired. In Hawaii, though, Adam somehow got us, like, an extra seat, and it was fantastic. So ask. Um, Figure out which one of you in the couple is more likable, and then ask. Um, Adam is way more likable. Uh, Oh, other huge trick. And I feel like I came up with this on my own. Maybe not, but I hadn't read it anywhere else. I brought her a little car mirror and I put it on the airplane seat um, so she could stare at herself. And it was a great, great trick. Another trick, my wireless headphones. I'm obsessed with my Bluetooth wireless headphones. I can do housework. Um, I can travel room to room. Uh, I can, like, cover my headphones with my hair so it looks like I'm more engaged with my baby than I am. Also, she doesn't get tangled up in the wires on the plane. And um, I'll usually listen to something in the car ride, like on the cab ride, to the airport because Adam gets really stressed out with travel and he always makes it a super intense experience and it's so stressful. And so if I listen to music on the drive there, I can be the calm one and I can make funny faces at Eliza and we can stay connected. Um, and it keeps me from worrying about everything else and it can kind of shut up the voices in my head that can make me more uptight. Also, if your baby seems to have... A hard time on the plane. Like Eliza cried for two hours straight coming home from Colorado. That was also because our flight got canceled, and Adam and I and the kids got separated because we were all doing standby. And Eliza was on my lap the whole time, and she didn't want to nurse in front of a stranger. Like, ugh. My pediatrician recommended infant Tylenol right before boarding. Um, Another piece of advice I would I would give is accept help. So, for example, on the flight from Colorado, where it was just me and Eliza, and she's just screaming um because she was hungry, but she wouldn't nurse on me. The I had to get something out of the bag and the overhead and I had no place to put the baby. And the elderly woman next to me was like, Can I hold her? And I didn't want her to. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, it's flu season. Um, but I said yes. And I'm so glad I did, because it threw Eliza off her crying game for a moment because she was so kind of like surprised. And also it made the woman sitting next to me feel like an ally. Like she felt like she was helping me and helping out. And then it just became like a warmer situation, if that makes any sense. So accept help. Accept help. Let's talk about packing. It's weird how grownups can wear the same clothes for years, sometimes a decade. Um, and every time we go on a trip to a different climate, we just like pull out something that we had from before. But children are always outgrowing everything, especially babies. And so for the baby, I went to the local consignment shop that I also mentioned in that Rachel Blanchard episode. Yeah, the one where I got the parking ticket and trying to save money on kids' clothes. God, they had great stuff. I got this Roberta Roller um, – little baby cover up, I think for like $10 and they sold that brand. I think it was like $65 at the hotel. So that felt like a huge win. They've got all this designer stuff there because grandparents give it. um, And then the kids wear it maybe once, you know, you're not going to get much luck when it comes to the four year olds because they all destroy their clothes. But for babies, it's amazing. Then I just focus online. I am not going to take my girls shopping I'm just not going to do it. So I do it online and I do it after they go to bed because it takes zero brain cells to online shop. And I'm learning to do things where I have to actually think in the morning during Eliza's first nap and all the mindless tasks after that, after they go to bed. So I order everything online and then sometimes I'll order it in two sizes and I just ship back what doesn't work. And then here's the trick. I wait until Sabrina is fed, rested, and in a great mood, and then I lay out the clothing like we're at a fancy boutique in our living room, and we try on the outfits. Music also helps for this. I get that the, it makes it seem like I'm doing like a celebrity fitting, and I am. Sabrina likes it that way. If anyone has any suggestions for how to deal with the whole tags issue, I guess like they they scratch her and then she gets pissed off. Anyway, leave an Instagram comment on Atomic Moms or go to our private group or ma- who cares. Leave it on the main Facebook page. I want to know about the text because the tax poke her and she always wants me to rip them off, but I can't because I have to return half the stuff. So anyway, this way I know she actually likes what I got her before paying for it because she's very opinionated about that kind of thing. Like right now, she won't wear jeans. And she won't even wear denim leggings because they look like jeans. I have no idea why. Also with clothes, I pack a travel size container with baby-friendly laundry detergent so I can wash things in this hotel sink. Also with packing, we pack a large duffel bag that we actually have from a trip to Nepal like eight years ago. And it's awesome. So you can just throw everything in there um, that takes up a lot of room, like stuffed animals, you know, crap you buy, whatever. Um, It's just a great extra thing to have. Things I wish I had done differently. Like I wish I had packed more Wubbinum pacifiers because ours is filthy. I packed a travel drying rack for our bottles. That was excellent. And a small bottle of Dapple bottle soap. That was good. Definitely pack wet wipes. Someone suggested online, and I love this, if you are bringing your pumped milk, which I did not. With this second child, I am supplementing with formula. Uh, when I have the need. With Sabrina, I would pump around the clock if we were going on a trip or something, and I would carry it all with me. This time, I'm not doing that. So a mom did online have the suggestion, though, to get ice at Starbucks. Ask them to, like, fill up a Ziploc bag for you to keep your your breast milk cold. And I think that's a fantastic idea. I never would have thought of it. Our girlfriend, Becca McHugh, suggests inflatable toddler bed rails that you can get on Amazon, We have an inflatable booster seat for Sabrina, and that thing is the best. And then also a travel bag for your stroller so that when you gate check it, it's not ruined. Uh, Definitely just disposable pads for changing diapers and Ziploc bags. And don't forget the infant Tylenol. We do TSA pre-check, wear slip-on shoes. And then plan on taking forever to get out of the airport. Just plan on it. People are so slow getting off that plane, and then everyone should potty again, and then maybe get a snack. Yeah, it takes us forever to get out. By the way, they were laughing so hard at us with Adam carrying all our stuff off. Like, moms who travel by yourself, props to you. I'm going to need your advice for that probably this spring. The flight attendant actually said, like, you got him so trained. (laughs) I was like, Yep. But also, I was holding a six-month-old. Like, you think I'm going to be able to carry all this stuff, too? Not after we just went to urgent care. She's like a precious little egg. Okay. In closing, I want to share that we got off the plane in Hawaii and started getting a couple weird texts as we landed. And the television on the plane wasn't working, so we were totally clueless. And Bridget, my girlfriend, texted, what a day to go to Hawaii. Happy birthday. Are you there? And so I checked the New York Times. And... Here's what it said. Hawaii panics after alert about incoming missile is sent in error. And so this is a text that went out to everyone on the island. Emergency alert. Ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. I really think the all caps was a nice touch. We were over the ocean flying to Hawaii. Delta didn't mention it or turn around, which is funny because last month a passenger boarded the wrong plane at LAX on a different airline, and they ended up four hours into a flight to Japan and they turned the whole plane around. I'm not complaining because we got there and we're alive. Um, but we were hours into flight heading towards an inbound ballistic missile threat. Um, and Delta was just like, well, yeah, let's keep going. That's some serious stick with itness. And so when we arrived at the hotel a few hours after all the, the hotel guests had received this text and they had just spent 40 minutes panicking. Things felt really weird. I mean, families were hiding in like the garage. I don't know. I'm so glad we weren't there for it. It was weird enough to feel the after effect. I think I would have had a nervous breakdown. And I'm curious, what kind of conversations do you think partners had during that time? Like what conversations would you have if you only had 40 minutes left to live? What would you do? What would you say? Who would you reach out to? I am curious if anyone decided to get divorced or get married after that threat. It seems like a big game changer to go through something like that. I said to Adam, like, would we have made another baby? And he was like, uh, I think that's what people do when there are power outages, not ballistic missile crises. And I was like, well, any chance I can get. <laughs> he really does not want number three. Uh, he said this pregnancy was too hard on him. Anyways, it feels like a huge second chance scenario, and it made us realize that everything could change in an instant. At least theoretically, it made us realize that, since we were morons just eating pretzels on a plane over the ocean. And then a couple days later, with Eliza's fall, you know, everything can change in an instant. So I'm going to leave you with that anxious high note. Um <laughs> No, but I want to know, like, if you had 40 minutes, let's say you're going to live, but like you had 40 minutes to really say what you wanted to say, what would it be? Next week, we have Anya Kamenetz on the podcast. She's the lead education blogger for NPR. She's got a brand new book called The Art of Screen Time. And I'm also super proud of our conversation last week with Becky Friedman. She's a head writer of Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, and she's hilarious. Okay. Join our, I'll quote this, micro-social network. See how I'm throwing out the lingo there? This is what happens when you produce a podcast all by yourself. Um, go to our Facebook Atomic Moms page. Then click our private Facebook group. Answer a few questions and you're in. And then you can like share your comments with, give real advice that all of you are hungering for. <laughs> Thanks for listening today. Thanks for letting me do this experiment. Until next week, trust in your goodness, live out your greatness, rock on, Atomic Moms. Oh,